Hello, Grace Baptist Chapel. This is Blake with me, Pastor Ryan. We are continuing our walk through the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. Today we are in chapter 18. This is Of the Assurance of Grace and Salvation. There are four paragraphs, and we'll briefly touch on these things. Pastor Ryan, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Well, as you've mentioned before, paragraph one summarizes the doctrine at hand. Would you like to do that for us? What is what is assurance of faith? Yeah, no, that's that's great. This paragraph, um, the first of four in this chapter, describes the idea, the theological idea that a, a believer, a true believer, can actually have assurance in this life that they are saved, or as the confession says, that they're in a state of grace. And this is a Reformation or Puritan era document, so it's coming out of a time when the Roman Catholic Church was making the argument that you couldn't really know if you were a believer. You could work real hard, you may go in and out of a state of grace, but the the Reformers and the Puritans after them made the argument, no, you can actually know that you are in the faith. Now this is to be distinguished from justification. So it's possible for a person to truly be a believer, be justified, and yet not have assurance. So having assurance is not what makes you saved, but having assurance that you are saved is actually possible. Yeah, yeah. And then paragraph two, it begins this way. This certainty, this assurance, is not a bare, conjectural, or probable persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope, but an infallible assurance of faith. Would you like to help us unpack that a little bit. Yeah. um, I think what's being said here is not that just because a person thinks that they're saved, that makes it an infallible statement. Anybody just can walk around and say, oh, I'm a Christian. That must be infallible. When the, the word infallible is used, it's based on the ground of our Mm-hmm. Uh, assurance. So it says it's not based on a fallible hope, something that's fallible, but it's based in something that's infallible. Jim Renahan, in the book that we've referenced many times, his recent uh, work, uh, Commentary on the Confession, says this doctrine places the first and most important ground of assurance outside the believer, making it wholly objective, completely objective. And this is why it may be called infallible. And placing it outside the believer. Earlier, he says, it's being placed in Christ. So because the assurance rests on Christ and what he has done, it's an infallible assurance. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. I'll highlight in, in paragraph three, it, it speaks about it's actually our duty to strive for this assurance. Yeah. And it, it says that we should, with all diligence, make our calling and election sure. That's what the scriptures tell us to do. That's what the confession tells us to do. And by striving for this assurance, if we achieve it, it also states that this will not incline us to looseness. It will not incline us to sin. But rather, if you have assurance that you are Christ's, then you want to obey him. Yeah, and, and the confession details that. Um, Why do you think it's important to have four paragraphs about assurance in a, a document that's a statement of faith? Yeah, we were we were chatting briefly um, before recording this, and I, you know, it, it's this. The confession has a way of of showcasing that certain doctrines are really important because yeah. they're they're given a lot of space 
a number of other confessions uh, or, or church documents or statements of faith are not going to mention assurance. And yet it's a very vital part of our Christian life. And so to have four paragraphs that that define assurance of faith and that then detail it and speak of how we must strive for it, 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 it showcases this is a big deal. Yeah. We, we really need to, to take this doctrine seriously. There are other uh, doctrines, I think, that, that are more familiar to us than others. But when you look into the confession and you see all of these things listed out, uh, this is listed right next to perseverance of the saints. It's, it's listed alongside justification and all these other matters. And then you just kind of look at all of these doctrines laid out one next to the other, and you go, wow, assurance must be important since it's given this much space since it's placed in its own chapter within the confession. You know, before we close, I want to say one other thing. Paragraph four speaks to this, but we we mentioned the word justification earlier, the idea of being declared righteous once for all in Christ. That's a settled matter. That doesn't wax and wane. But assurance can, and paragraph four speaks to that. A believer may fall into a particular season of sin. Their conscience may be wounded. They may be going through temptation, spiritual dryness, and they may have less assurance, um, uh, less awareness that they really are in Christ. And so I would hate for that believer to think that your justification is dependent on your level of assurance, Mm -hmm. right? And that's an important thing to say. And as we've said many times, this section ends with a very pastoral statement. Yeah. Yeah. And and what you just said, again, highlights our need for this doctrine yeah. because it helps us understand justification all the better. Yep. Um, any further thoughts? No, that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys. And Lord willing, um, see you again next week.